Okay, guys, this is exciting. First podcast for me of 2021, and I'm sitting with my friend, dear friend, Sierra Hollister. Um, When I am thinking of how to describe her, I would say she's a a younger sister. We've got 10 years between us, which is scary, but true. Um, She's a friend. She's a, a wise woman. She's one that exceeds her age and wisdom and stature and just professionalism. I think from back the first time I met her in 2017 at a Bible study at my home in San Diego, I just couldn't believe she was as young as she was. She just, um, she's got the Proverbs 31 aura about her. She's really like wisdom drips from her tongue. And it is, it's just an honor to just talk with her now, um, four years into our friendship to see what she's done, um, in her life and where she's at professionally. And I'm just, I'm eager and excited to share with you just her. However, I think what she's going to share from the professional standpoint of what she's walking in is um, it's going to be a huge blessing to those of you that maybe struggle in this area. And I'm just, yeah, I'm honored to just slowly unravel her story. So again, we met in 2017, her brothers, which is crazy. What are the odds? Her twin, identical twin brothers, both play in the NFL. And there was a connection on the Patriots with the chaplain um, her, her one brother had said, my sister's moving to San Diego, doesn't know a soul. Do you have anyone? He was asking the chaplain on his team. Do you know anyone she could connect with? And he kindly suggested me and my husband. He said, they'll take good care of her. And I think she moved to San Diego on a Tuesday and showed up at my house by herself with a bunch of strange women at a Bible study. And from that minute, I was like, man, this girl is one committed to the Lord and two is bold because who comes into a new city, a new house, a new circle of women and just speaks with authority. She prayed. I remember for our group and I just, I was blown away. Cause I think at the time you were, were you 19? Yeah, I was 19. Oh my gosh. And for those of you who just don't know her, she, you, you would think she was 35 in the sense that she's, she definitely like encapsulates the term sage. She's incredibly wise for her age. And it was just, um, she's been a gift in my life ever since. And it's, it's really neat because our friendship started, I would say, as I just, we were just talking about like mentor, mentee, kind of discipler, disciplee. And now it's transitioned into she's helping me. So it's just really fun to see the full circle of God on our friendship. Um, I'm going to let her share kind of how she's been helping me in her professional life recently. But um, Sierra, thanks for coming on. It's so fun to do this with you. My gosh, so fun. Thank Um, you. I'm honored. You're welcome. So I guess, um, how would you just introduce where you are right now and how you've come to this point in your life at a young age of 23, right? 23, are we 23 yet? Yeah. (laughs) About 24. (laughs) What is it like where, I mean, you have gone. Yeah. I don't know how to sum your life up in a couple minutes, but how would you say here you are at 24 looking back on your life past? What? yeah. What would you share about like what it looks, what it's looked like, how God has gotten you to this point professionally, spiritually, emotionally, physically in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for saying all those things. Your words carry a lot of weight. So I really appreciate you. Um, and yeah, just to summarize, I guess that I love what you said, praying earlier, seasoned with salt, laced with grace. I wrote that down and I feel like that kind of describes, uh, my life just leading up to this point. And when I look back, there's so many things that should have like deterred me, should have deterred my siblings from what the Lord's called us to. And so many places where we should have fallen and just stayed down. Honestly, uh, we went through a lot growing up, 
just with our family, uh, just to share a little bit without oversharing, both parents uh, were alcoholics and home life was just so different for us than most. And we, I think personally, I carried a lot of shame related to that. Uh, I'll share more in detail a little bit later on, but eventually led up to the only thing I could control was my eating. And so I stopped eating in like seventh, eighth grade. And um, that just felt like something I could control. So within that story, again, to not to overshare, but ended up like turning to things, alcohol and men and different things like that, where now I can look back and just see where the Lord has completely covered and protected me, uh, my siblings and I really, and just kept us so strong in him. And I just see him in every single moment and it blows me away. Uh, so I guess now leading up to this point, I get to call myself a nutrition coach and a strength coach and more importantly, a Jesus follower and a sister and a friend. And I get to help lead people um, to just freedom with food and confidence and who they are and who the Lord's called them to be. So um, yeah, if I can help a couple people, if I can help you and that leads to helping your family uh, with your relationship to food and ultimately to Jesus, then I'm content with that. So yeah, that, I don't know if that summarizes everything you had in mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I have so many questions because I think that this is a, it's a, to be very transparent, this is a hard topic, um, food issues. Um, I just, what I have learned in working with you professionally, and I'm sure this could relate to a lot of women. We just, as women who are smart and educated and desire to attain success, like I know everything I need to know about food. I know how to get there. I know how to, um, I do. And I don't, I think what's so fascinating, I'd love you to like tease this out. Like with someone from like me, for instance, who is a fitness fanatic, um, very intentional about, um, what I'm putting in my body, but also then has this like secret side of me where I'm hiding eating things just so that like the outsider can't see. Um, it was so interesting when we started talking about like the hidden food idea. Um, you know, you're one of a couple of questions. I remember you asked like, what's, why are you doing like, what's the emotion you're trying to fill in that secret space of eating? Yeah. Are you trying to find joy? Are you trying to find instant happiness, satisfaction, Mm -hmm. pleasure? And I think as a woman who loves Jesus, that kind of saddened me because I was, you know, and in self-reflection, I was like, why isn't Jesus the thought? Why does it have to be something aesthetically inserting my mouth? So I taste and see and feel those emotions. What have you learned from personal experience with clients or even for yourself? Like, why is that our, why do we do that? Why do we go in secrets? What's that about? Yeah, it's such an interesting thing. And I think it can be different for everybody. Right. But in general, what I've learned through my journey is it's always tied to not always, but typically tied to shame. So whether I'm depriving myself of food, feeling like I don't deserve it, whether that's alone or in public, and those can be for different reasons too, right? If I'm alone and I'm depriving myself of food, it's like this self-sabotage. And if I'm in a group and I'm depriving myself, sometimes it's like a pride thing, like, oh, she's not eating, like she's so skinny. And so we get these ideas in our head about what it means to be someone that doesn't eat those foods or that does eat those foods. And when we're in private, I think the like dark side really comes out like you're saying. And um, I know for me, one thing that Lord has kind of laid on my heart and this sounds so silly, but I truly pray like, Lord, just 
enable me to crave the healthy foods, enable me to eat them freely and um, not to overindulge. Like, would you tell me when I'm going there, when I'm doing that? Because we all walk away feeling kind of gross. And everybody, the other thing I have to share, everybody at some point has binged on something. So like, there's no shame in that. And then everybody at some point has probably like withheld out of feeling shame. So I try to imagine when I'm eating something alone that like Jesus is there with me. So like the same way that we wouldn't just like stuff our face in front of a room full of people, imagine Jesus there with you. And again, I know it sounds really cheesy, but Not it at all. helps. Like it really helps. And so um, I hope that answers your question well, but I would yes. say it's so different for everybody, but really just press into that idea that food is spiritual and that's not to like over spiritualize the physical, but I think it really does impact our spirits. So, yeah, yeah. I think one of the things you shared with me again, total, um, mic drop moment. You said, um, when it comes to dessert, which is a lot of people's binge is like sugar, mm-hmm. um, because sugar is so addictive and that's a whole nother podcast. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I love what you said, like, uh, eat in fellowship. Like yeah. if you're going to have dessert, eat with friends specifically, or eat with family, eat with accountability partners at a table. Yeah. So you eat at the pace that's appropriate and you don't, um, and you're, you're a partaker in it. And when you're a partaker yeah. in something there, think about it at a, at a dinner table, there's conversation and there's pauses. And yeah. as you said, you're not shoveling the chocolate lava cake in your mouth. You're going to take <laughs> a bite and you're going to put your fork down. And yeah. I know maybe some of you are like, man, what are we, why are we talking about this on a, a recalibrated Romans 12, two podcast, because this matters, like in order yeah. to re- reform and recalibrate your mind, sometimes one of the, like the strongholds for a lot of women, especially is food. So yeah. we, there is a deeper recalibration of mind and obedience and discipline that comes in the realm of food. And one of these recalibration approaches is eating your sweet treat in the presence of others. And I just think yeah. I would love even, well, kind of unpack that a little bit. And then if I would love to lead into your reading of that book, Taste and See. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people would be eager to hear what you learned also from that book. That's This is a book by a woman named Margaret Feinberg. I'll let Sierra share more about it. But I think, again, I want to encourage like so much of Jesus's ministry was done at a table. Um, yeah. there's a woman in the Christian space called Rosaria, her called, her name is Rosaria Butterfield. And she says, hospitality is the gateway, um, yeah. to in- allowing thy neighbor to encounter Jesus. And I just think that we can, ha- if we have a healthy relationship with food, we would welcome people into our home more. We would yeah. not, um, own this emotion of shame so quickly And I think both yours and my desire around food is freedom for any female or male that struggles with it. Um, because we never want a stronghold with food to be a barrier to entry, to share the gospel with someone around your dinner table or breakfast table. So, okay. Questions around eating in public, kind of why that and the fellowship aspect, you know, biblically, and then, yeah. Anything from that book by Margaret taste and see that you've taken away from. Yeah, I would say, yeah, to start with eating in fellowship, I, I'm so big on that. And any client that I work with, I encourage them, like, if you're sitting down with your spouse for dinner and you guys want to have a glass of wine together, please like, don't like restrict yourself from the things that you love. Um, and same with like the dessert idea where those things that we tend to overindulge, we'll like restrict ourselves from in public for so long. And then that's when in private, we like stop by the store on the way home and grab a pint of ice cream and 
just go all out. Right. So um, with that idea, again, that was something that I've like kind of heard in bits and pieces, but really that I pulled just from learning about the life of Jesus and understanding the amount of times that he sat down at the table with people and just enjoyed a meal. And again, just trying to envision that, like, that's how I want to be. I want to sit down and cook good food that's healthy and wholesome and doesn't have to be perfectly calculated, all the macros and calories and stuff, but um, we enjoy it. And I don't know if everybody else can relate to this, but I know for me, I try to communicate this to clients. Like I could sit at home and eat a salad that I think is healthy alone and kind of shovel it in and shame and feel kind of gross, or I could go out with friends and get like a healthy burger and a salad. And I end up feeling better eating that burger because I was like with my friends in fellowship. And I'm not saying to do that every day, but I'm saying that there's something to that, right? Yeah, (laughs) definitely have boundaries, but there's something to that. When we share a meal with people, we're also creating memories and it's food is so psychological that I truly feel like our bodies metabolize the food differently. And you'll experience that if you try to put this into practice. So I just think there's so much freedom in enjoying the foods you love with the people that you love and just Mm. being confident in that. So it's so good. I love that. that. Yeah, of course. Yes. I just think it's, it's, it makes so much sense. Again, I think the simple like takeaways, like how much differently if you had to sit with someone and it's maybe your Jesus at breakfast, lunch, or dinner, just in that season, how much differently would you treat the meal before you? You know, um, you'd, you'd one, first of all, I bet you'd pray if Jesus was sitting right next to you, you'd definitely not deny the opportunity to pray. You'd eat slow. You'd, um, you'd create space for, you can pretend God, like you can have a conversation with the invisible God right next to you, you know, and that would slow the pace. It would just bring in to fruition, the natural pace of eating. If Jesus was, I, I just love that. I mean, I love that, um, for me who works from home, it's important to just really believe and implement that simple, um, visual because it would alter my experience of food altogether for yeah. the, for the better, you know? Um, yeah. okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about, and I still haven't read it yet, but I remember we talked about it cause I was so intrigued by it. Tell me about that book taste and see, what did you take from that? What did you, yeah. Any highlights, key takeaways from it? Yeah. First, really quickly, I just want to emphasize on that last topic of eating and fellowship that still like putting that practice in or like implementing that practice is so important, but still don't feel ashamed if you need to eat lunch in front of your computer sometimes, just because I know for me, I can get in my head of like, oh, they said that this wasn't healthy. So just to touch back on that busy moms, busy working, like whatever it is, um, fuel your body with healthy foods. Like I still eat in front of my computer quite a bit, to be honest. So it's definitely a practice, but just keep that in mind. Um, so yeah, and then on to Taste and See. I absolutely loved that book. And I actually picked it up because I saw Margaret speak at a conference for Alpha like just over a year ago. And I remember she stood out to me so much because she, I've tried implementing this practice for, it's related to hospitality, where she said something along the lines of like, every time you have people over, like make sure there's a little bit of a mess and make sure there's something to be done in the kitchen so that like when they walk in and they ask, can I help with anything? There's something to help with. Um, so like whether it's chopping an onion, I think was her example in that talk. And I think there's something to that. And lately I've been cooking a lot more meals with friends and it is a different experience than when I have in the past, like 
tried to have it perfectly prepared and then they walk in and then I serve it up and it's just like it's kind of all about me and everybody's thanking me but when we sit down it's like ah thanks everybody for bringing something to the table like that's a really beautiful thing and so I would say that's probably the biggest takeaway I've learned from her and then in relation to that book oh my goodness just the fact that she got to travel just like to summarize it she got to travel and go taste foods all over the world um, that are talked about in the Bible and just tie it back to how experiencing food and culture is experiencing God ultimately and just how you learn about him so much in those spaces and so that's what I would say just like to embrace that and Mm -hmm. enjoy that side of food and culture and um, just experiencing God so yeah I would highly recommend that book um that's awesome I do want to read it I think um yeah. Even the symbol, I know like olive oil is one of the focal points in that book. And I think just, yeah, yeah, you think about how we use olive oil, at least in my house, I use it all the time. Um, yeah. and it's a luxury and thinking about like back in the days of Jesus, how hard it was to create oil. Like there was such yeah. a process around it. And again, going back to the slowing down rhythm or in and around food and food creation, um, yeah we would be so much more appreciative of the end product if we knew the work that went into it and just the labor. Um, that's why I love even what you just said. I've never thought about that. I don't bend in that direction. Like, yeah, it's not all done yet. I like people to come in and feel at rest. However, I think the beauty of having something to be done in a shared environment brings them into the eating experience. Says so you, you were yeah. a component. You, this meal didn't just come from Sierra. It came from Sierra and Mary because you chopped the onions for this dish. I think, Um, that is a brilliant, easy idea because the reality is when someone does come into your home, you're opening your home to them. They want to, they want to have a reciprocated like movement there. So you can give them the simplest task. Um, and I think that comes uh, with humility, a a huge, um, dose of humility in the hostess because, or the host, um, that you would allow someone to, I mean, that's a layer of transparent, come in, come into my kitchen, into my world, see maybe my messy knife drawer. I think that's beautiful. That's a great takeaway. Um, man, I have so many questions here. I want to ask you, but I want to be thoughtful on time. I would just say, what have you learned? Let's end kind of with these like overarching thoughts. What have you learned since stepping in? What once was a passion, which is really neat. Like you've, since I've known you, you've been a, um, committed to the fitness process. You love like me, good food. Um, how did you like, where, when did it all like rubber met the road? And you're like, wow, this can actually be a thing. So when did you come to terms that this, this desire for food and fitness was going to come into an actual working paid profession? And then for anyone, and the, the second question I would ask is for anyone that is, um, kind of feels stuck in their body image with, um, their nutrition choices. Um, wh- where, where do you go other than maybe the first step is acknowledgement of I need help. Um, yeah. what would you to the person desiring, um, coaching in any facet, but yeah, first question, when did you know this thing was actually going to come into a professional paid position for you? How did that happen? Yeah, I would say it kind of evolved. I mean, totally just the Lord guiding me to it and not something that I sought out. I got my bachelor's in kinesiology. So I always loved fitness in the human body and all of those things. But once I graduated, I was honestly like, no, I think I'm going to do ministry. And so I ended up working for my church for like a year and helping launch this thing called Alpha, which is amazing. If you haven't heard of Alpha, I'd highly recommend looking into that. But it's just a cool way of sharing the gospel where essentially you're inviting people in and creating a space 
hosting believers, non-believers, anybody and everybody is welcome. And you just have conversations about faith. And I got to help create that. And I think that was a key part of understanding my relationship to fitness and food and nutrition, where like you can't separate the two, you know, like you can't do fitness and health as a Jesus follower apart from your walk with the Lord. They go hand in hand. And so when I got to do that and host people and create a space where people were thriving and conversation was buzzing, like being able to feed people healthy food. I mean, I just came alive. And so recognizing that, then I came to a spot about a year in where I was like, oh, like the Lord just make it, made it really clear that I was supposed to pass that on. And I wasn't really sure why. And I didn't have a job. <laughs> um, I was doing an internship with my really good friend, Kevin Boss at Boss Sports Performance Now, which is where I work. And, but it was just kind of this thing that naturally flowed where I had this passion for nutrition and for educating people and loving people in that way. And Kevin does too. And the whole team at Boss does too. And his wife, Bree, we get to cook together. And uh, so just in learning through them and kind of doing it alongside them, it naturally just kind of came to be where they were like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's start a nutrition program at BSP. And so I just kind of got to do that. And like I said, that's not normal. Like that was totally the Lord. And I fully recognize that. So it was just this season of like, okay, I'm making this shift. And it was a couple months of just like, Lord, what am I doing? I'm leaving this perfectly good job that I love at the church. And I am like stepping into this role. I don't know what it's going to look like. And I'm studying these books that I, like, it just didn't really make a ton of sense, but I really felt the Lord kind of bless that step. And now it's just, again, it's not perfect by any means. I'm still finding really like what my target audience is and where the Lord's going to use me. But I know that he'll continue to be faithful and guide me in that. And that I'll speak to the people I'm meant to speak to. And um, I mean, ultimately he'll get to speak through me. So that's such a blessing. Um, and then to answer your second question, people feeling stuck uh, and needing help. I think most people, when it's interesting, like when I meet someone and I'm like, yeah, I'm a nutrition coach. They're like, oh, I need help. I mean, I don't think I've ever said it to somebody and they haven't responded at some level with that response or like there's just some level of like, we know the right things to do. We're just not doing them. And so that's where my mind goes. Like you probably have the information that you need, right? So you mm -hmm. probably know you should be eating this and you shouldn't be eating that. And again, that's where it ties into like, it's so much deeper than that. And so I would recommend like, whether it's me or a spiritual mentor you have or someone like to start talking about it. And um, yeah, personally, I would recommend seeking out a coach that knows what they're talking about in relation to food to make sure that you're eating the right things and you're eating enough. And that doesn't look exactly the same for everybody, but I would just encourage anyone who's struggling with uh, their, whether it's, you feel like it's your weight or um, just health in general, ultimately it comes down to just like, we all just want to be confident, like just to walk with a holy confidence in our bodies so that we can just thrive and be exactly who the Lord created us to be without questioning that. And so that's what I want to help people achieve is just this holy confidence. And so I would recommend just start talking about it and pray about it. And if you'd like to talk to me, I would love to talk to you about it as well. So that's awesome. I would just, um, also, because you wouldn't know this unless you 
were one of Sierra's clients like I am. But um, I think what's in really helpful, Sierra, that you did for me, you said it best. I know exactly what to do. I just, I needed somebody else. You gave little, for me, it was very little nuanced critiques that made a world of difference. I think the reality of nutrition is, um, yeah, a lot of it is spiritual. There are so many ties yeah. that we can say, oh, that can't be it, but it absolutely can be my gosh. And I think your discernment and observation based on, yes, of course, let me see what you eat in the day. If you're eating Reese's peanut butter cups all day long, that might be um, a reason why, but if the reality is something doesn't add up and it, it would, I feel like for me, what you did for me is you, you allowed me to confess, um, yeah. in a safe space being like, you know what, um, here's my food log, but there's something I didn't put down on that log. And that, um, it was a healing moment. It was kind of, you know, definitely humbling and had to take off the mask of pride for that. But it's, you created such a healthy and granted, we have great relational equity, but for people that don't even know you, like you, um, God is giving you this ability to just allow people to take their guard down. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important in the realm of nutrition, because if you're not fully transparent with the one who's trying to help you, um, it will not work. So I think just yeah. for those, again, that don't know you and who haven't worked with you, um, what they will experience if they ever do desire to come alongside you with nutrition guidance is that, um, you're going to help get after those deeper roots that are the cause typically of your, um, just the, the what is prohibiting you from getting to your goals? There's deeper things yeah. that you can unpack, um, by asking questions and just really getting to know the person on the other end of, um, the phone or zoom or even in the flesh. But I just think what you did beyond the grain of assessing my diet, you, by asking questions, really thoughtful questions beyond timing and all the things you unpacked, um, a, a posture of confession, which to be transparent, I don't like at all because that showcases <laughs> it, it showcases imperfection, but I think the way you handle and receive it from the client is beautiful and it's healing. So, I mean, I, I would label you if someone asked, uh, who is Sierra to you other than all these awesome, like ties relationally, I would say she's a, definitely a spiritual wellness coach because you tackled the issue for me in a spiritual sense, more so not just on the tangible physical sense. So, um, I would, for those listening, if this does interest you, um, please connect with me or we will have Sierra's email on the notes section in the podcast, just so you can connect with her. Um, very last question. What other than like nutrition coaching, what other things can you help someone from afar? Cause for, for those that she's in Bend, Oregon, which is awesome, but reality is not many of us are there. What can you help someone from afar conquer or do? I know it's probably yeah. a lot, but just like kind of a quick hit list. If someone's like, okay, like here's where we could utilize you even from yeah, the land of zoom or whatever. Yeah. I would say definitely just like you said, the nutrition coaching piece, and then along with that, I mean, the movement aspect is really important that I'm really passionate about as well. Just like the soulful sweat group, which you guys all crush me in those peloton <laughs> rides. Uh, but I'd say just encouraging in that. And sometimes that means adding to your exercise routine. And sometimes it means maybe taking it a little bit back, just kind of depending on the person. And so I would say also helping with coaching in that sense of just making sure you're moving your bodies and then really like I said, I'm still in the beginning phases of figuring out like what my target audience is. So right now I'm kind of like whatever resource I can be, uh, I would consider myself, I'm like an evolving life coach slash, like you said, spiritual wellness coach. I think I like that title. So I'll probably claim that um, because that's really ultimately what I feel like 
the Lord's calling me to do. And so any way that I can do that, whether it's like sending someone scripture or it'll be different person to person, but um, yeah, ultimately it's providing a nutrition plan, which also just includes movement and spiritual wellness too. Yeah. Beautifully said. Um, well, I, as I said, I know I could talk to you forever, but to honor people's time listening, I just, I thank you for honoring God's call to get into this profession. I think you're an anomaly. I know a lot of people exist with in your realm of profession. Um, but with your passion with Jesus at the forefront, it looks different and it's obvious. And I just, I pray for unfolding opportunities beyond you, but I just, I really think because of your allegiance to the Lord, the way you, um, work in a professional sense just is unique and it's God honoring. So, um, oh, and this is just a fun fact about her. Sierra is a total foodie. And I, I know we're supposed to like pull back the reins on social media, but if you ever need really helpful tips and recipes, connect with her for that too. She's really recreated, um, our staples and like the American culture. And she's just put a very healthy twist on them and they're delicious. The, the default is I will always screenshot your recipes cause they're awesome. <laughs> and they're, and for the non, I think sometimes too, and last thought is like a lot of people don't cook healthy cause they're like, I can't cook the way your yeah. approach to creating recipes and food is easy. There is a, an ease that over an overarching ease of your recipes. And I think that's helpful yeah. for that, for those that are like super intimidated by the kitchen itself. Um, so yeah, just another fun nuance that you are, um, capable of. Okay. So I love you. Thank you so much for just being you. But again, I think, um, from the bottom of my heart, like you've integrated like a layer of freedom around food and that's, that's a big deal. So I just, I think for those who struggle with it, don't struggle alone. Sierra is, although she's younger than probably most of us listening on this call, she has the ability to just really bring a deep healing to those aching wounds in and around food from your past present or yeah. So I just, um, you're incredible. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, I'm excited to just watch your professional life unfold for his glory. Yeah. Thank you. I love you so much. Appreciate you. Bye friend. Thank you for listening to the recalibrated podcast with Mallory Brown. This podcast is part of the sports spectrum podcast network for more stories, intersecting sports and faith. Check out sportspectrum.com.